following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. You are now listening to Lucha Outsider Show, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. At Lucha Outsiders, everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Lucha Outsider Show. Congratulations. You played yourself. Well, Ryan, it finally fucking happened. Mr. Phil Brooks, CM Punk, the best in the world, the second city saint, the voice of the voiceless is back in WWE. Holy fucking shit. I am the heel that sealed the deal. The villain that stays chilling. The anti-hero of the IWC. Your boy, Mr. Rated R. And I'm joined by my tag team partner. He's the analysis of the L-O-C. He's a man that put the back in Ring of Honor. He's a straight shooter on Twitter. And when it comes to wrestling, he has a radar from the mean streets of Long Island. Mario. <laughs> my... My soul, I think, left my body. I don't even know if it's returned. What a freaking moment, dude. I mean, oh, wow. I mean, I have a lot of thoughts. Obviously, we're going to get into it. Yep. But man, oh, man, what a freaking moment that was last night. Listen, it, it's so hard to believe. You know what? I'm just going to play the theme again. <laughs> it's, it's fucking insane to me. It, it's, it's nuts, bro, that... We kind of all expect it in a way, right? You know, it's not surprising that CM Punk is back with WWE. It's just visually, it's like, holy shit, it fucking happened. And we're going to get into the Punk talk. We're going to get into the aftermath of all that. We're going to get into the rumors and speculation of it all, right? We're going to get into Survivor Series. And then maybe, just maybe, after we're done talking all about this WWE stuff and what to expect and what happened and Punk and this and the press scrum and all that... Maybe, just maybe, we'll squeeze a little bit of AEW. Because let me tell you something. Last night, it was so quiet for AEW. Yeah, you know, hey, WWE's red hot right now. Yep. And it's uh, it seems like it's the place to be. The product has ne- has not been this hot. And, God, I can't even remember the last time it was like this. I mean, they're doing crazy business numbers. Ding, ding, ding. And, oh, yeah. Listen, AEW, I mean, it's doing what they do. They're fine. But, uh, yeah, right now, man, I think it's all about WWE at the moment. Before we get started, there's no hashtag as Red Bull time, but I will ask, Ryan, how you doing, bro? I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, you know, we, we're recording this a little late on a Sunday, but obviously it doesn't really matter. It's not like we're going live or anything. You yep. know, you'll post this either tonight or tomorrow anyway. So didn't really get much sleep last night. I um, was out <laughs> yep. at my buddy's house, and we were watching the show, and and oh, we were just on a high. We, we were drinking uh, a couple of uh, adult beverages, uh, more yeah. than a couple. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I didn't end up going to sleep until, like, after 3 a.m. So Me too, woke up bro. this morning early. I hit you up. I'm like, dude, can we do this later? I got to go back to sleep. Um, and now I'm, I'm feeling good. And, 
yeah, I'm ready to talk all about last night. Dude, I was actually you? looking. Uh, I'm doing great, man. I'm also on a high with with last night. I thought Survivor Series was a really good show. I don't think overall the whole show was better than the one we went to last year. But that high with Punk, man. And listen, this is coming from both of us where we've been very critical on CM Punk, all right? But we've always said that regardless where we agree or disagree with how he acts, you know, we still got love for Punk. I still have love for CM Punk, all right? I, even though I don't agree with the way he handles himself as a professional sometimes, right? But I don't think he's a bad guy. With that being said, bro, I was, I popped last night. I was cursing at my TV, not anger, you know, not... I was just like, shit, man, I wish I could have been there. Um, it, it was just an incredible moment seeing this guy come out. And I, I put in our stories, and I did a post about it. Whether you hate him or love him, the guy has a cult-like following, and he's a fucking draw, man. The guy gets a reaction. Even with him, you know, getting released by AEW, all these months of speculation, people were still talking about CM Punk. For better or for worse, right? Because you have, like, dickheads like Nick Hausman that just can't get Phil Brooks's dick out of his fucking mouth, right? And I think he's just a fucking toxic journalist, right? But overall, people were still having this conversation on what's going to happen with CM Punk. What's the future for CM Punk? Is he going to show up at Survivor Series? Is he going to go back to AEW? Is he going to show up at the Royal Rumble? Like, CM Punk is still the topic of conversation, and there's going to be people that are happy about this, and then clearly there's a lot of people that are upset about this. But overall, man, it, people are talking about Survivor Series. People are talking about WWE. People are talking about CM Punk. So I'm on a high, man. I also ended up falling asleep after 3 o'clock. Um, just... <laughs> Just trying to wrap my head around everything that happened and just looking forward to just doing the show with you. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, very well said. Obviously, you know, whether people like punk or not, whether they talk bad about him or good about him, yep. they talk about him. I mean, really, like nobody can seem to get this guy's name out of their mouths. And uh, I mean, yeah, listen, we've talked, uh, you know, about all the shenanigans that went down in, during his AEW run. And, you know, we had our criticisms of that. One thousand percent. You know, along the way, I don't think either of us uh, ever, you know, we're not CM Punk fans. I mean, really. I mean, come on. Like, and it just even even like I saw so many people on Twitter last night too. Some people who you know were shitting on him in AEW and his whole entire AEW run. It's like it's almost like all's forgiven now. <laughs> you know, like yeah. he, he's back and like Dude, he got like, a. Now, granted, it was in Chicago. Well, Chicago Jace because it was outside yeah, of Chicago. Yeah. But man, he got a hero's welcome. <laughs> yeah, that pop was insane, bro. I mean, again. It's because it was so well done. Yep. Nobody, nobody knew. None, none of this shit leaked online. You know, it was a complete surprise. And uh, yeah, I mean, again, when they put the lower third up there, I mean, you know, going back to the NXT days. Remember the NXT takeover days? They put that lower third yeah, on the bottom yeah, of the screen, yeah. like the show was ending. Oh yeah. And then they would always do something, but you never really see that on the main roster. Oh, um, yeah. But you know, I, I'm guaranteed there was somebody out there that was watching the show. They saw that the little, you know, lower third graphic, and they shut the show off. They probably thought it was over. But, man, this is why you can never fully shut anything off and, until the screen goes black. Uh, because, man, it was just so well executed, so well done. I watched it several times already. Yep. I think it's got, like, over 20 million views oh, on yeah. Twitter. It's, it's crazy. It's unbelievable. It's insane. Now, before we get into the punk talk and just what's next for, the, I guess, this chapter for CM Punk and WWE, before we get into all that, let's just touch on the Survivor Series card. Because, I overall, I thought it was a really good show. And they opened up the show with the women's war games match. You know, Team Hall of Famers slash Shotzi <laughs> versus Damage <laughs> Control. And I'm already going to start off hot, all right? Shotzi had no business 
being part of this fucking match. And I know it might sound like I'm picking on her or I'm like belittling her. It might sound like I just don't like Shotzi. And it's the complete opposite. I, I think Shotzi has a really great look. And I don't think she's bad in the ring. With that being said, she had no business being part of this match because you have three Hall of Famers. Actually, no, let me rephrase that, okay? You have seven Hall of Famers in the fucking ring, and then you have Shotzi Blackheart. What? When you look at this match and you look at both teams, which one does not belong in this fucking <laughs> match, okay? Yep. It sounds like I'm slandering her, but it, it's just... It's just obvious. And then on top of that, how she acts with her promos and her delivery on stuff and her facial expressions and all that. It's just, it's so cringe, man. It's terrible. It's awful. Tell me. Yeah, no, I mean, listen, I, I can't agree more. Um, but the women's war games match was, was fine. It was, yep. uh, there was a couple of good spots, you know, like I love EO sky doing that, uh, you know, the trash can spot, like she has done back in the NXT days, uh, during the war games matches. Um, throwing the trash can on her head and just jumping off the, the cage. <laughs> Absolute animal. And, and the visual is so hilarious every yep. single time. Um, you know, Charlotte's Moonsault, uh, which, you know, it, it looked pretty good. She killed yo, Dio she, on the bottom. Yo, she I don't know if it was the knee or, yeah. like, maybe her shin. Not her calf, her shin. She caught Eo right in the fucking forehead, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it was pretty crazy. Uh, so yeah, it had its good spots. They worked hard. It was it was good. Oh was yeah, fun. you know Whatever. what? And also, before people start getting on me because I'm slandering Shotzi, right? First of all, I'm just speaking facts. That's just one. But two, I I'm not saying that Shotzi didn't work hard in the match because I she ended up getting catching something. I I might have been when Kyrie took that lid and just nailed Shotzi with it because she was busted open. I also don't want to discredit her and say she didn't work hard because yeah. all the women worked hard. But yeah. when you yeah. have damage control with all. With all those women that are just a monster of a team, and then on the other side, you do technically have a monster of a team with with Becky, Bianca, Charlotte Flair. Listen, everyone in this match is first ballot Hall of Famers, one thousand percent. They're gonna go. All of them are gonna go down as history as some of the best women's wrestlers in the world, except Shotzi. She didn't belong <laughs> in this match. I'm sorry. Listen, it might sound like I'm picking on her. It might sound like I'm slandering. Or her or something, or it's not it. It's not it. It's that she didn't belong in the fucking match. And that's why it bugs me, right? Because I enjoyed the match. I, listen, I popped huge seeing Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair hugging because I'm, I'm a big fan of both women, all right? And seeing them have that embrace and, you know, embracing each other, the hug, the crowd's popping. Fast forward to the press scrum, they're all shits and giggles and smiling and this, this, and that. I, that, that makes me happy because I'm a fan of both of these women and the fact that a couple years ago, I think it was the Survivor Series you went to back in 2021, which was a terrible Survivor Series. But nonetheless, <laughs> um, they had that match and everybody knew there was issues there, that there was they weren't getting along. And, you know, they were best friends at one point. And now it looks like they've patched things up. And I'm excited for what the future may hold for both Charlotte and Becky as a unit because I love them when they were doing like the T generation X stuff with the T gimmick and stuff like that. Like I love, I love both women and I love that they patched things up and they're now they're working together again. There was great moments in this match. But with that being said, with when you have a person like Shotzi in this fucking match, there's no reason why damage control should have fucking taken this L and Shotzi could have ate the fucking pin. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, the only thing I could, uh, the only thing I could think of is like, you know, they're going to do this storyline now with Bailey uh, potentially getting kicked out of damage control. Oh, you know, yeah. She took the L. So, you know, maybe that's that furthers the storyline progression. Because if not, 
there's no way damage control should have lost this match. I mean, it's just yep. absolutely ridiculous at this point. I mean, they look so good now. They I mean they look better than ever now. Yeah. I mean, with Oscar in there and and Kyrie, um, but I, I think that's the only valuable, like that's the only real valid reason I think as to why they they lost is because now they're gonna going to be some dissension in the group and they don't know if you know Bailey's gonna. I don't know. Maybe they're going to kick Bailey out. I don't know. If they don't do that, then that was just a giant waste. But like I said, everybody worked hard. Shotzi did feel out of place. Um, <laughs> and, you know, but then again, this, this is a testament more to WWE, man. Like, they just need to, I, they, I don't know. They just need to, I guess, build up more women stars. I, I mean, I don't know. They don't really have too many. I mean, the divisions on each roster are not good. It's yeah, very yeah. weak. I mean, you know, we'll get to it in a little bit. I don't mean to, you know, jump ahead, but. The Raw Women's Title match was Rhea Ripley versus Zoe Stark. I mean, come on, man! Like Zoe Stark, you know, I'm 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 a fan of hers. I I liked her in NXT. She hasn't done anything on the main roster, and they haven't really built her up to be this threat. Nobody is on the level of, of Rhea Ripley. It's a joke. Every Rhea Ripley title match is is a joke until they get somebody who's on the same level as her. So I mean, that's more of a testament to WWE uh, that they just have not built up. Any other women stars outside of, you know, the Baileys, the Beckys, the Charlottes, the Oscars, you know, like, got to start beefing up these women's divisions. Plain and simple. Yeah, man. When you look at the Raw side of things, I feel like there's more women there compared to SmackDown because we en- ended up talking about that, right? We ended up talking about, uh, we were looking at the SmackDown roster and be like, who could they get to be a fucking third and fourth? And they ended up going to Raw to get Becky Lynch to be part of this match, which is fine. But still, you look at that team. Which one of these looks, you know, different like the other ones? And you look at the whole match, and, and that's pretty much what it is. You have yeah. seven of the best women's wrestlers in the world, and then you have Shotzi Blackheart. And then, you know, <laughs> that, that, listen, that, that sounds mean. It sounds mean, and it sounds like I'm slandering the girl. But she's just not equivalent to these women. She's a good hand. Um, um, she has a great look, but her character development has been god awful, and she just doesn't. She's not up at par compared to the rest of the women. And I don't know. That that was my only pet peeve about, about the match. But overall, I thought all the women worked hard. And this match was fine. But compared to last year's Women's War Games match, I just don't think it holds any water. Yeah, no. I, I agree 100%. And I, I said this to you off air. I felt like it was... Uh... It was a quick match, and that could have just been me. I don't know. You know, I was watching a couple with a couple of buddies, so you know, you have some side conversations and stuff, and then before you know it, the match is over. But I thought, uh, like, once the match actually officially started, it ended. Uh, you know, before it even got going. So, I don't know. That that was just my takeaway. I may have to watch it again a second time. Maybe I'll have a, a different opinion on it. But um, yeah, last year's was was so much better. All right, they they followed this up with Gunther defending the IC title against the Miz. This match was actually really good. I really enjoyed it. I like the story they were telling where Miz was fighting underneath, and then he did end up getting some offense. And, you know, fast forward to the press scrum, right? Gunther ends up retaining the IC championship. And, you know, Gunther put Miz over. He said, like, you know, he earned my respect tonight. And I think, um, I, listen, I've always been a Miz fan. You know, he he's not one of these, he's not a flashy wrestler. He sticks to the basics, but that doesn't mean he's a bad wrestler. With that being said, I think uh, in the last couple of weeks, specifically in this match also, I think he reminded a lot of people, like, there's a reason why Miz is in the position that he's in WWE. He's, there's a reason why WWE looks at him as a great ambassador for the company. And also, he's another guy that's also a first ballot Hall of Famer, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. This match was, uh, was yeah, it was very good. I mean, I, th- I thought it was going to be good. You know, a lot of people 
were shitting on it when it got announced. You know, I know a lot of people are not high on the Miz uh, nowadays, but listen, the story made perfect sense. I mean, Miz, obviously, you can't deny that he's been one of the best Intercontinental Champions we've had in the past. You know, I don't know what 10, 10 something years. You know, like I mean, he's he's held that title more so than probably anybody. Um, and the storyline just made sense where he goes up against arguably the greatest, you know, uh, Intercontinental Champion of all time in Gunther, obviously breaking the record. So um, there's no way I ever thought The Miz was winning here. Um, but it was a fine little match. And um, it was probably, besides these War Games matches, the one that I was most looking forward to. And uh, definitely delivered. 1,000%. You had Santos Escobar versus Dragon Lee. It was originally going to be Carlito. They did an angle on SmackDown where Santos and Carlito had a brawl and Carlito hurt his shoulder. I'm using quotations here. They gave Dragon Lee the spot. I thought this match was fine. And I was actually talking to my buddy, Glenn, and I was telling him how, listen, Santos needs to pick up this win. I know they've been pushing Dragon Lee, and he's been picking up wins on SmackDown, but Dragon Lee's not going to lose nothing by losing to Santos Escobar. When I look at a guy like Santos, not only does he have a great look, and he also is a great wrestler, but he also has charisma, and I think he could be a big deal if they keep on putting that battery behind him. So Santos picks up the win, and I think they made the right call. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. I mean, dude, if Dragon Lee was going to come in here last minute, and pick up a win over Santos. Uh, I mean, that just, I mean, even if Carlito was in here, you know, like, I just feel like Santos needs to go over. I mean, and Carlito, I think, would know that, too. Put it put over the young talent. Uh, this guy obviously has to, you know, he has a brighter future. Um, you know, and that's not to say Dragon Lee doesn't, but right now, given the current storyline, you know, it just made perfect sense for, for him to go over instead. So, yeah, the match was fine. It was what it was. Um, you know, it's kind of exactly what I expected. You know, it's weird when it's like, it's almost like this This show is almost like the Royal Rumble in a way, where it's like, you know, you're watching the show to watch the Royal Rumble matches, and in this case, you're watching the show for the War Games matches, right. and then everything on the undercard is kind of just like, you know, whatever. You know, it's like almost like just a little filler before we get to the next War Games uh, yeah. match, and, you know, you're just kind of waiting for that. So, not that I, you know, didn't want to see this match, I'm not shitting on this match, but I'm just like, I'm watching it, and I'm just like... All right, uh, it's time for this to end, you know? Let's, let's get on with the next match. You know, not like the next match is anything special either, but you know what I mean. It's almost like, all right, let's end this as quick as possible so that we can move on. <laughs> I mean, terrible, listen, but... listen, I'm not going to disagree with you on that. Um, And the match was a quick match. It was like a seven-minute match, but then you follow yeah, that up yeah. with Rhea Ripley versus Zoe. Right. Seven minutes. <laughs> you, follow, you follow that up with Rhea Ripley and Zoe Stark. And listen, both women worked hard. Rhea looked great. I, I don't know what's up with Zoe. I don't know if after her injury when she was like in her tail run of NXT, but compared to how Zoe showed up when she first got to NXT, compared to how she is now, I'm not saying she's a bad wrestler, but there's something a little off about her. And even like her promos haven't been that good either. There's no way that Zoe was gonna be Rhea Ripley here, right? The match was fine. I just think going back to what you were saying earlier, there's just no believable competitors for Rhea Ripley, unlike with Seth Rollins' world title run that he's been on, right? I feel like almost every challenger he's had, there's a good portion of the audience that kind of roots against Rollins. Not in a, hey, we hate Rollins, retire to Rollins, not, nothing like that. But you kind of want to see his foe kind of beat him. We saw it with Finn Balor. We saw it with Shinsuke Nakamura. We saw it recently with Drew McIntyre. How his challengers, we kind of want to see him like, all right, I mean, Rollins could afford to lose this. Yeah, yeah, listen, I, it's it just goes back to what I was saying before. There's just, I mean, if anybody in that arena last night thought that Zoe was going to beat Rhea. Oh, they get the, they get the button. <laughs> I mean, yeah, come on, you, you know? Yourself. I mean, let's be real here. Like you said, the match was fine. They worked hard, but, 
my goodness, at this point, you know, I mean, if, if I was saying this at the Dragon Lee match, uh, you know, I, I was definitely saying at this match, like, all right, end this so we can move on to the War Games match because, I mean, and listen, this is a tough spot for both both women to be in. And, you know, I, I kind of feel like this wasn't done accidentally. I have a feeling they threw this match in there just so that everybody can go to the bathroom one more time, get some snacks, grab another beer, and get ready for the main event because, I mean, come on, let, let's be real. This match... I mean, I really hate to say it. This match did not belong on the card. <laughs> Let's be honest. This is a raw match, if that. This um, is why I'm laughing. Last year, we went to Survivor Series War Games. We decided to grab a drink and go to the bathroom during the women's match. Yeah. Do you which remember one was it? Ronda Rousey versus, versus Shotzi? Uh... <laughs> oh, man. Shotzi and War Games. They go together like salt and pepper. <laughs> God, man, yo, the people are gonna listen to this show and they're gonna be like, yo, Mario really fucking hates Shotzi. And it's, I don't even hate the girl. But man, and listen, this is what I will say. Last year, I will say Shotzi got put in a tough position because she got paired up with a with an individual that nobody gives a fuck about. So I feel like the crowd a year ago would have been happy as fuck if Shotzi would have beat Ronda for that women's <laughs> title. Yeah, I mean, hey, listen, we we literally missed the entire match. Like, I and, and we thought it was great. Even... It was the best decision we ever did. Oh man, I think we got some drinks and we were we walked around a little bit. Yep. It was great. It was. <laughs> we awesome. we yeah, looked I... at the merch. <laughs> yeah, 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 we did everything but watch that match. I, I um, also don't want people to get that wrong idea of us. Like, we don't like women's wrestling, or we're just you know we're we're making a joke out of this because clearly I don't think Shotzi belonged in in the match earlier and the show and then also it's fucking ronda rousey nobody gives a fuck about ronda rousey right it's just unfortunately and this is a problem i think throughout the women's division in all wrestling besides impact i think impact for the most part they handle their women really good but it's like give us a reason to give a fuck about these women give us a reason to care about these feuds and the stories they're telling and listen i i, I enjoy the war games the women's war games match i'm not discrediting the women i thought the match was great was it better than last year's no but it's still enjoy the match but then at the same time it's like i'm looking at this these these roster women that are in this match and it's like come on man couldn't you gotten someone better than shotzi but then again you don't have anybody in your roster to do it so it's like or maybe you should build these women better and then you fast forward to this women's match between zoe stark and rhea ripley they on TV they never gave us a reason to actually believe that Zoe could have a chance of be, beating fucking Rhea. Shit, I'll even I'll even say that Miz had a better chance of beating Gunther than fucking Zoe being Rhea. Yeah, no, totally, a hundred percent. I mean, again, that's the testament to, like I said before, them building up the women better. I mean, this that's just plain and simple. That's what it comes down to. It's it's really across the board in all wrestling companies. AEW's women's division is terrible too. I mean, yeah. we talked about that. And again, if you've listened to the show before, like you like people know that we're not purposely shitting on women's wrestling. But listen, you got to tell it like it is. It's just bad all across the board. It yeah. really is. I mean, you know, WWE's got a stacked division. Yeah. They just don't. I mean, there's just no outside of the stars I named before, like the Rias, the Beckys, the Baileys, the Charlottes. The, you know, like it's just there's not much else there. You know, there's just really not. They could, I mean, look at Raquel Rodriguez. You know, you look at her. She looks like Shit, she could man. be a force. Why couldn't they just throw her in the War Games match? That would have made more sense. You have a team of alpha women versus this other, you know, the, the counterpart on damage control is all these athletic women that do all these crazy shit. Raquel Gonzalez would have been the perfect fourth for, for team Bianca slash Charlotte. 
No, you you give me Shotzi. <laughs> like, come yeah, on, man. I mean, they went they went with somebody on the SmackDown women's roster, and you know, it's somebody that they haven't really done anything with. So yeah, I mean, there you go. That's that's what it comes down to in both. In both it would have made perfect sense too with Raquel Charlie. having past history with Dakota Kai. So that's like a story right there. Like you could have tied this up. You could have put Raquel in there, but no, you give me Shotzi. Yep. Hey, hey that's. Yeah, I think this episode is going to be named Mario Hates Shotzi Blackheart. Yeah, really. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Listen, I, 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 I do have love for Shotzi. It's just she had no business being in this match. But whatever. Let's talk about this main event. You got AK the Super Fans, AK the Avengers of WWE, Cody Rhodes, <sighs> Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Uso, Jey Uso, Sami Zayn, Seth Rollins, and the returning Viper, the Apex Predator, Randy Orton, versus Judgment Day and Drew McIntyre. Unlike last year, and I think I remember telling you this, how after the show I was like, listen, the women's War Games match, when it came to a, a, a physical match standpoint, I thought was better than the men's. Um, but the men's had the better story. In my opinion, when it came to like what we were seeing in the ring, I thought the men's match told a better story than the women's. Yeah, no, totally, 100%. Um, overall, I thought this match was great. I love um, how they didn't ignore history in the sense that throughout the night, Jay kept on mentioning how like, hey, you know, we took out Randy Orton and he was kind of like, I'm not sure what's going to happen here. And then even when Randy showed up and he looked phenomenal and now he's just like fucking swole as shit, right? He shows up amazing pop. He looked fucking happy to be there and he just starts going to business, man. I love the the apron DDT that he was um, that they all did at the same time to Judgment Day. Uh, that fucking RKO that he hit on JD McDonough from the top yeah. of the cage. Insane, bro. I love the Jay and Randy were acknowledging each other. And Randy kind of just pointed at him like, yo, I didn't forget. And then boom, Jay saying like, I'm sorry, Oos. And then he, he super kicks. I forget who he ends up super kicking. It might have been Dominic. I forget who it was that he super kicked. And then Randy ended up giving someone else an RKO. Um, this match was great, dude. I love the story that they told. And... Also, the the tease of a possible cash-in, which is something that I even posted while the match was happening. I'm like, if there's any moment for Damian Priest to cash in the money in the bank, it should be in this match. And we got a little teaser of that. Obviously, that didn't happen. But then what's interesting enough is that the Judgment Day loses the match, and Damian Priest is the one that gets pinned. The same thing that we're seeing with the damage control stuff, right? We're kind of seeing also bleed into the Judgment Day stuff. His days are numbered as being part of the stable. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, listen, I think that's, you know, because I mean, really, let's be honest. If you're if I'm booking this, unless, like I said, it's for the reasons that we're mentioning, uh, Judgment Day and Damage Control should have both went over. I mean, they are they are they supposed to be. They should have went over last year, too, to be quite honest. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. We talked about that, too. Yeah. I mean, listen, they're they're supposed to be these dominant groups, right? I mean, yeah, I understand. You know, in this case, you're going up against an all-star team pretty much with Cody Rhodes, a returning Randy Orton, Jey Uso, Sami Zayn, the world heavyweight champ, Seth Rollins. Like, I get that. But I thought that maybe they would do like a Randy Orton turn or something like that and RKO Jay or something like that. And then, you know, that's how um, Judgment Day wins or something like that. Um, but listen, if it's going to progress a storyline where, you know, Damian Priest maybe gets kicked out of the group, which as much as I don't want to see that, I think it's time, you know, um, I feel like he can benefit from going on his own. And, you know, now they added J.D. McDonough to the group. I mean, Judgment Day still looks 
pretty dominant. Um, they would even without Priest. But I think now, yeah, it's it's got to progress some sort of storyline where he's going to potentially get kicked out and, and be on his own. So um, I hope that happens. But, yeah, I mean, this match was, was really good. Um, similar to the women's, I do think that once it finally got going, um, it ended pretty, like, quickly. Um, but that RKO spot was Ugh, awesome. So good, It dude. looked great. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, just, like, all... all all the guys doing Randy Orton's famous like uh, DDT off off the off the ropes. I thought that was, was great. Really cool that was a great spot. spot. Uh, yeah, I mean, I thought there was a lot of cool spots in here, and I'm probably gonna go back and watch this match too. Yeah. Um, it's just you know, again, and what we're gonna get to in a minute, but what happened post match is what people are gonna be talking about, and that is why it's... I'm so stunned that they did it because I it just overshadows Randy's return and and the match itself so that i mean that's the only thing people were talking about coming out of this so and and that's why i also uh this morning i did a post about randy's return because listen we're gonna get into the punk stuff but i also don't want that to even though it is in theory it's getting overshadowed with all the punk stuff but like i also don't want us to forget like how great it was to see randy Orton come back and just how in phenomenal shape he's in and just how happy he looked to be there also and this is no dig at punk or anything like that but and also by the way follow us at lucha outsiders especially our instagram page because your boy's back baby i did seven posts within the last 24 hours okay i'm back baby i'm fucking back so make (laughs) so make sure you follow us at lucha outsiders yeah dude randy looked great and also after they won the match you see the acknowledgement with cody and randy and you know they're boys right you know they're friends but also you know we also tend to forget because especially you know you're younger than me ryan so you really got to see the come up of Randy, right? Like you saw his whole career just like I did. But you know, obviously yeah. I've been following wrestling way longer than you have because of the age difference. But still, like you got to see Randy when he first started to where he is today. And he hasn't aged. Like he still looks the same. Yes, he's gotten like more swole. He's in better shape, you know. And I think throughout this career, he's always had like different times where he's just been fit and then he looks a little bit more skinnier and then he looks like super swole like he looks now right that, that's kind of been his whole thing throughout his whole career right but we tend to forget like randy now he's a locker room leader so i also love seeing like after he acknowledged cody how sammy and seth kind of ran up to him and hugged them like yo we're glad you're fucking back like we did it like it, it was such a cool moment to see we're generally happy to see one of our peers someone that we look up to just back doing what he loves and it was just like a really dope moment seeing them while they were all celebrating, but just that one shot where Sammy and Seth just go up to him and just give him a big hug, you know? Yeah, yeah, I loved it. It was great. It was so, it's just so awesome to see Randy back because it's been way too long, man. He's still one of the best of all time. And and listen, I mean, like it just goes back to what I was saying before with WWE being so hot right now. I mean, listen, they got so many top stars uh, now. Yeah. You know, Cody Rhodes, CM Punk is back, Randy Orton back. I mean, like, Dude, WWE is cooking right now, and uh, it's very, very exciting ending the year on a high note and then going into WrestleMania season with all these top stars back. And, uh, yeah, I mean, listen, Randy looked like he didn't miss a beat out there. Nope. He really just looked like the old-school Randy Orton that we know and love. And, and I mean, if if it's even possible, he even looked more jacked he did. Than, he, than he was. He looked like he um, ate his old version of himself. He yeah, ate like him up said, and yeah. got bigger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's crazy. So, so happy to see him back. And, uh, you know, I just thought it was well done, man. The smile on my face when his music hit and he came, he came out. It's just He uh, had a smile you know, on his face, too? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like, we just, we, we, like you said, we grew up with this guy. You know, yep. he's still a legend. And with not many left now, you know, The Undertaker's gone. John Cena, I know he was back, but, 
you know, his days are numbered. Uh, Triple H, obviously, no longer doing this anymore. It's like, you know, we have to be grateful that we still have Randy Orton in yeah. 2023 going at such a high level. So Yeah, it was, it was a great moment. So we get the Avengers, the Cody super friends. They're all together, all celebrating. We get the lower third, and I'm like, all right, that was a cool show. I'm ready for the press come now. Let's see, let's see what idiot's gonna fucking job themselves out at these press comes. Cause that's the that's the trend in all these press comes. It doesn't matter what company it is, right? A W W W. Listen, if Impact was to ever do a press come, I'm sure that somebody's gonna make a fool out of themselves at these press comes, right? They're brutal to watch, but it's great content to just make fun of people, right? So I'm ready for this press come, and then all of a sudden I hear this. I jump out of my seat. Okay, jump out of my seat and I start yelling. Not in, not mad, not angry, nothing like that. But I start yelling like, "Get the fuck out of here!" And CM Punk comes out, new haircut, white shirt. Doesn't say much. He kind of just looks at the crowd and then he starts celebrating with the crowd. CM Punk chants, "Heroes ovation!" Okay. The commentators didn't say shit either. They they stood quiet throughout this whole thing. CM Punk is fucking back. I couldn't believe it. And I, I want to break this all down. I want to break down just your reactions just watching this. And then also what we end up finding out later what was happening when, you know, when they went off air. But uh, kind of just give me your reactions just watching this. Yeah, it's so funny. So I was at my, my buddy's house and, you know, uh, it's the same crew that I go to WrestleMania with every year. And, uh, you know, we're watching the show and, you know, we all say the same thing. Like after, you know, the match is over, like, oh, I mean, it was, it was fine, but like a little underwhelming, right? Like a little underwhelming ending. Like, is this really how it's going to end? You know, you see the lower, the lower third in the bottom of the screen. And, you know, if you learned anything from the NXT TakeOver days, ah, you know, yeah. Triple H loves to do this. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm, again, still was not expecting this because, again, where does this fit in, right? Where does Punk fit in? And again, I wasn't one of those people on Twitter this whole, you know, these past couple of weeks. Uh, there was talking about CM Punk, right? Like I, like I did not. Yesterday, I was so pumped for this War Games match. I was so pumped for Randy Orton. I was pumped to see Cody, of course. I was not thinking about CM Punk at all. Not throughout the show. Not at, like not one bit, bro. Like, I, again, I trolled I, some of the people online a little bit. Um, listen, I, if he would have showed up, if clearly he showed up, but like if he would have showed up, I still would have. Rea- I clearly reacted. I had a reaction, right? But like. To me, it was more visual, like, holy shit, it's happening, right? But let's say if he didn't show up, it wouldn't have made a difference to me because I still enjoyed the show for what it was. Like, you, let's see in that lower third. I was like, okay, I'm ready for the press come. Let's watch it or whatever. I wasn't even thinking about Punk. And they got me. Yeah. I, I mean, really, I don't think anybody was. I mean, may, maybe some people were. But again, like, it's just like, where does he fit in, right? Like, what is he going to do if he comes back? I mean, even after the War Games match is over, like, what is he going to do? And again, as soon as they announced Randy on Monday, I thought there was absolutely zero chance that Punk was coming, right? And I, we talked before about how Punk was most likely going to return to WWE because, let's be honest, I mean, what's the other option here? You know, like he's fired from AEW. Where's he going to go? Uh, I knew he was wow. going to come back. You, you just missed an opportunity there, Ryan. I thought you were going to say something else. You just yeah, missed I was a... thinking about it. I was thinking <laughs> you just about missed it. an opportunity right there. Listen, they I couldn't get Will Ospreay. Who does to say that Punk ain't going to TNA? You yeah, say... I was thinking about that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I, I'm I'm doing good. Okay, I, I, okay. I held it in. I'm learning. <laughs> okay. But I mean, yeah. I mean, my goodness, man. When when you hear the static and you see, and and again, this was shot so perfectly too. Was, when they really when they was. show the entire arena, so you could see yep. uh, the Titantron. It changed to in the graphics of CM Punk. Yep. Um, it was so well done. Um, just 
absolutely crazy. Uh, one of my buddy, my buddy's fiance actually got a video of every, of all of our reactions. And we, it was just, it's a priceless video. And, uh, I mean, I'm glad she took it. She just took this like randomly. Nobody obviously asked her to do it. And it's just, it's one of those moments where it's like, you'll always remember where you were when yep. you watched it. And it's, it literally is a moment in time that like, man, I, I just, like, if you look back to everything that happened, man, 2014, when he gets fired and, or he gets fired, no, he doesn't get fired. He, he, he walks out and then he, they, they fire him on his wedding day. And then he goes on the Colcabana podcast and now says he's never coming back. And it's been seven years and yeah. he finally comes back to AEW and then, uh, he's still taking shots at WWE and yep. AEW, right? I mean, constant shots, and then gets and then comes back this past <laughs> summer and visits. That's and, why. Uh, that's why. Listen, while some of us, right, and I'll say a good portion of the wrestling audience is excited for CM Punk, right? I feel like there's more. There's some people that talking shit, and there is some when it comes to a wrestling fan standpoint. I'm not talking about like the people that 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 work in the business, right? I think there's a lot of excitement, right? Like, what does the future hold for CM Punk, right? But let's not also act like it ain't one of these. Congratulations. It's still a congratulations on Punk because he was talking so much shit about WWE and he ends up coming back. So it's still a congratulations on him. Let's not ignore that. Yeah, and listen, and you can say that for everybody. You can say that for Cody. You can say that for so many people. You could have said that for, you know, the Hardy Boys when they came back right. at WrestleMania, you know, when after they trashed the company all those times in TNA, like, you can say that about everybody. Everybody trashes the company, uh, and Brock then you know, they come back. <laughs> Brock and Brock. Look at Carl Anderson, right? Like Luke Gallows. Like like everybody does it. And then as soon as WWE comes calling, it's like, all right, I'm going back. I mean, really, it's just I'm tired of of hearing people take all these like shots. I mean, yeah, sometimes it's fun. It's in it's in you know harmless you know harmless I, I think fun. With the punk but... one, the the reason why the punk one just. It just feels and sounds so different from all the other names that you mentioned, right? And I'm not saying that they didn't take shots, all right? And there's not a level of congratulations there, right? But I think with the punk one, it just felt so different because it was such a public and open bad breakup. And that's the yes. best way to put it, right? With yeah. him walking out, with him not coming back to work, with him getting fired on his wedding day, the Colt Cabana podcast. Then he's ghost for all these years. Yes, he had the failed run in UFC. He shows up in AEW, still taking shots at WWE. So that's why I feel like if you're talking about like the Mount Rushmore of like bad breakups with WWE, he's definitely up there. You get what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Compared to oh, yeah. compared to other ones that yeah did talk shit and then they end up coming back because with the Punk one, it just hits so many different levels, right? And then also, I think if it wasn't for Punk's podcast with Coca Bana, listen, regardless what the I, we know that they're obviously not friends anymore or anything, but that podcast was a big ch game changer for the wrestling business overall. And you can even say the podcasting business from the wrestling standpoint. I think it took CM Punk to walk out and then have like the public bad breakup with WWE for other wrestling companies to start getting a look from other people from saying like, hey, you could work work other places. And then also you switch the channel to WWE and you start seeing the changes that happened after Punk left. Who's to say Punk would have never left and that would have never happened. Not saying that we would have never got to where we are today, but maybe it would have take, taken us a much longer to get to the point that we are today. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I mean, this was, and that's why this moment is so like historic and iconic and just mind blowing because like, again, this is something that, 
I mean, you know, maybe when he came back to AEW, but even still at that point, like when he came back to AEW, you just still never thought this would ever be a possibility, right? Like you thought he was going to have end his career in AEW. Oh, and yeah. That would be it. Like, he wants to work with all these young talents. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember oh, yeah, all yeah. of it. Oh, yeah. I popped big at, at the uh, the Instagram story you posted. <laughs> and at the end, <laughs> at the end, uh, you know, you have to oh, get yeah. that swerve at the end. But um, yeah, listen, it's just, it's, it's crazy. And I still can't believe that it happened. And. Listen, Triple H said it best in the press conference afterwards. He said, people change. This is a different company that was, you know, over 10, that was 10 years ago. And he's not the same guy, even though, I mean, you know, I guess he hasn't watched him in AEW recently. Um, but he said he's not the same guy. You know, he Triple H is not the same guy. The, the company's run differently. And listen, it's pretty funny how in that, uh, that pipe bomb promo at the end, CM Punk's like, the, the company's going to be taken over by his idiotic daughter and his doofus son-in-law. Well, guess what? I think CM Punk is happy and thrilled that the company has been taken over by that doofus son-in-law. <laughs> if not, I, I mean, who knows? He, he, we, we probably wouldn't get to this point. I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying if Vince was still involved that we wouldn't get to this point because, hey, who's to say? You never know, right? Um, but I think Triple H being at the helm definitely helps things. And, uh, isn't it funny how, after all these years that CM Punk talked about not main eventing WrestleMania, and you know, it's one thing he never got to do, he actually may have the opportunity now to do just that. So. Well, it's rumored, and I believe uh, SRS Sean Ross Sapp reported on Fightful that the deal he signed with WWE is a multi-year contract. So if it doesn't happen at Mania 40, it might happen at 41. It might happen at 42. Who's the fucking say, right? I do want to touch on some stuff with the press scrum, but I just want things I wanted to point out. It also goes to show you with this whole thing that happened, how I think us as individuals, if you don't see growth within yourself, you're doing something wrong, right? And that goes for Triple H because Triple H has shown so much growth. And I'm not saying that Triple H was ever a bad guy or anything like that when it comes to like a wrestling and business standpoint. But let's be honest here. You know, there's a... There, there's a bunch of times when he was a world champion that maybe he shouldn't have been world champion, right? But you look at him now, and this is a guy that wasn't necessarily the biggest fan of CM Punk, right? And these two professionals, right? And I'm calling CM Punk a professional as well. They sat down. They they talked things over. They patched things up. And Triple H and company, Nick Khan, and you know, everybody else in WWE, they, they came to an agreement to bring Punk back and you know that's a great thing to see, man. And I was telling, I was telling, I was having this conversation with a couple of people yesterday because, you know, the, the joke is right now, especially some of the stuff that we saw. We're gonna touch on the Rollins stuff and the Drew McIntyre stuff. You know, the, the 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 people that are negative about this are just worried. It's like, yo, WWE's such a great place right now. Then you're gonna bring in this toxic cancer, blah blah blah. What's gonna happen now? And listen, it, it's it's well known that there's a lot of people that don't really fuck with Punk, right? You go with Seth Rollins. Uh, Drew McIntyre now is in question. We know AJ Styles doesn't really fuck with CM Punk. Corey Graves. Kevin Owens, I believe, doesn't really necessarily fuck with CM Punk. Roman Reigns, right? So the list goes on and on, right? WWE runs a different ship compared to AEW, right? As much as I love AEW, I will not ignore or try to paint this picture like everything's rainbows and butterflies. The biggest problem with AEW is that Tony Khan doesn't have control in his company like that. He doesn't put his foot down and he kind of lets the inmates run the asylum, if you will. All right. Regardless of what we think about how punk handle things in AEW, when it came to that notion and it came to that opinion, CM Punk wasn't lying. 
all right? Now, how he handled things, he didn't make things better, but he wasn't lying from that aspect, okay? WWE doesn't run that shit, all right? They don't run shit like that. Once you start acting up, your ass is getting sent home. And I don't think, especially with the last two years CM Punk has had in AEW, if anything, I would hope that, I'm not saying you have to be best friends with these people, but you would make amends with these people and you would humble yourself to be like, I'm just here to help and make some money. Because that's what he that's what he was saying in AEW this whole time. I'm here to make some money. I'm here to make, make the company money. And if he has that mindset going into this WWE, and if he had that mindset having this conversation with Triple H and Nikon and company, I truly believe this is going to work out. It might take some time. I'm not going to say we're going to get Seth Rollins and CM Punk right away. But I hope and I'm optimistic that CM Punk is going into WWE, returning to WWE with a completely different mindset than what he was doing in AEW. I truly believe that. 100%. I could not agree more. I mean, I mean, dude, I, let's, let's first talk for right off the bat. He comes out. He looks great. He looked so much younger than he looked in his AEW run. <laughs> You know, I don't know. He's shaving he looked older when he first gray. showed up at the, what was it, the first dance, the last dance? Yeah. He looked older when he made his return to the public yeah. eye, if you will. Then he does. Yo, it kind of, you know what Senior Punk looks like now? He kind of looks like when he left WWE in 2014. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, he looked more refreshed, even though it's only been a few short months since we've seen him. Yep. And I agree more. He definitely has to be going into this with the mindset that, okay. I got the second chance in pro wrestling, right? Obviously, it didn't look like it was going to end on, on a happy note in AEW, obviously. But now WWE's giving me this opportunity. Let's end this shit on a high yes. note. And, yes. you know, I, at, the, at the end of his career, if this run goes goes perfectly, right? Yep. I'm, I'm not saying everything's going to go swimmingly, right? I'm sure there may be something here and there. But it's not going to get to the extreme point that it did in AEW. No. So if he can have, but he's like he's not gonna yoke up Triple H like he did to Tony Khan. <laughs> Definitely not. Um, if he can have, I don't know how much longer he has on his career, but let's just say three to five years. I'm gonna put it in that span. I'm, I'm gonna say three, can, but who's to say it could be five? But I'm gonna say three. Yeah, I'll, I'll put it in that range. Okay. Okay. But let's just say he has a perfect run, has amazing feuds, amazing matches, main events, WrestleMania. I wonder, man, if anybody's – I mean, yeah, that's always going to be attached to his legacy and his career. But I don't know if anybody's going to be talking about all the drama that happened in AEW because he's going to leave a lasting impression on everybody with this great last run. At least that's what I'm hoping for because, again, he himself, he also has to be tired of this drama and this bullshit 1, and going to work every day and worrying about who's going to be here backstage saying this, worrying doing about that, going Jack to business Perry for himself. and the Young yeah, Bucks right. and Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho. You know what I'm saying? And it's not like – and also, too, like not to like shit on those guys and everything, <laughs> but – I just feel like in WWE, man, even if even if Seth Rollins, uh, of all people, right, has issues with Punk, and we know he does, he's not going to go on national television, go into business for himself. He's not going to, you know, all right, maybe he'll come out in, in an interview and take some shots. But, I mean, that, that, that stuff's whatever. I think every guy in WWE who's going to be working with CM Punk is going to work with him and be professional about it because that's just the way WWE operates, man. And I don't think any of these guys over there have the balls 
to do something that Jack Perry did or something that Hangman Page did, you know, or, or what the, uh, the Young Bucks did, right? Going in his dressing room and, and, you know, starting all this stuff. I don't think anybody in WWE has the balls to do it. I really don't. And I, again, maybe that's shitting on the WWE roster. I just think they're more, they're above that, you know, and they know how to handle themselves. Um, so, yeah, hopefully nothing, you know, transpires. I mean, listen, we're all happy. This was an incredible moment. We want to see this this run. I hope nothing transpires that, you know, derails the, this train again. But, you know, who's to say? I'm not going to guarantee anything. But I just hope, like you said, and, and I really do truly believe that he's going into this with a different mindset as well. The two things I'm looking forward to, if everything goes well in this run in WWE, one, it's the next CM Punk documentary, because you know that's coming. Okay? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. The gems that are going to be dropped there. Because if any, if there's anywhere that he's going to be talking shit, it's probably going to be in this documentary, right? The Return yeah. of CM Punk. And then two, if everything goes well, would be when he gets inducted to the Hall of Fame in his Hall of Fame speech. Oh, my God, yeah. Um, yeah, that would... That is going to be something. Whenever that day comes, mm-hmm. yeah, that's going to be unbelievable. I mean, yeah, listen, I just feel like he's so much happier with the way everything worked out in AEW. I'm sure he was, he was thrilled to get fired because it opened up this door. I mean, really, I think genuinely he's happy to be here over AEW. I mean, obviously, you know, because of all the stuff that was going on. I did just feel like after All Out 2022, he did not want to work there anymore. And you know, came back and tried it again with that collision thing. And they tried to separate him from everybody as much as possible. But you just knew that wasn't a sustainable way to do business, right? I mean, how long was that really going to last? Um, and, you know, I think he's just happy to be out of there. Fresh, clean slate. He's had a lot of buddies and a lot of friends in WWE that, you know, I, I saw reports out that there was people that were excited to see him. And, and you know, he, he, he met up with some friends right before he went out of the curtain. So, you know, obviously there's still a lot of guys there that, that he worked with back in the day. So, um, yeah, I'm excited. And I guess the biggest self in the room is what are your thoughts on the Seth Rollins thing? Work or shoot? Well, I actually posted the video on Lucha Outsiders on Instagram. Like I said, I'm back, baby. Seven posts within 24 hours, okay? <laughs> a lot of people are saying shoot. A lot of people saying it's a work. It's being reported that, and I, which I believe this report, I'm subscribed to this report. It was reported by SRS from Fightful that the main event, all the talent from the main event, were given the heads up that CM Punk is returning after the match. It's been reported that Drew McIntyre and Seth Rollins, out of the 10 people, were the two that were visibly upset. That's what's being reported. Now, you fast forward to the end of the match. Everybody celebrating. CM Punk comes out. I believe Drew McIntyre stormed out before Punk came out. And there's people that are also pointing out that the cameraman was actually like motioning him to like get out. Who's to say that that could all have been, you know, just something that that was just meant to happen so he could get out of there. But then there's also been reports that backstage he was, you know, just yelling some shit and he grabbed the shit and then took off. We also know that WWE and McIntyre right now, they're at a... They're at, at a stance right now, a standstill where there's no motion on a on a brand new contract. There's also been reports that Drew McIntyre might just take a break from wrestling for a bit. So his contract is up, which is rumored after WrestleMania 40. And he's going to spend some time in his family. I think there was a an unfortunate loss in his family. So he kind of wants to take some time to re- regroup. That doesn't mean that 
his he's not he won't return to WWE, but it just means that, that there's just nothing there right now. There's so many things that could happen here, right? Then you have the Seth Rollins factor where Seth Rollins is visibly upset, yelling, sticking his middle finger at Punk, cursing at him, saying fuck you. And you see Michael Cole, Corey Graves, and then Cody Rhodes, Sami Zayn behind him. Refs are holding Seth Rollins back. And I don't know, man, either. To me, that seemed very real, okay? Now that doesn't mean that this ain't a work shoot where it's like, listen, Punk is back and I'm not happy about it. And you know what? I'm going to make this, I'm going to make it known that I don't like this dude. And then later on, we get a program between these two. I, I, it wouldn't shock me if this is a shoot that turns into a work. Because listen, sometimes some of the best stories that we get in wrestling is when you have two people or a group of people that have legit heat with each other, but you can still be professional and put your differences aside to make some money. And I think that's what ultimately we wanted with CM Punk and the Elite, right? We wanted that to portray itself on television because we know it's there's real shit there, right? We didn't get that in AEW. And I truly believe that even Seth Rollins him being upset and mad and angry, and which I believe that he truly does feel that way, that he is a professional. The right time is does happen where both of these guys can make some money. We're going to get that match, and we're going to get that feud, and we're going to see the realness of their issues come out on television, which is going to make for some great TV, man, seeing them back and forth in these segments. Now, is it going to happen within the next couple of months? I don't I don't know. I can't tell you that. I wish it does. Shit. Book Seth Rollins and Punk for Mania. I'll be there. I mean, I'll be there regardless. But still, I'll be, that's one hell of a match right there. And, and guess what? It doesn't even need the title. But um, that's where I'm at with it. I don't expect anybody to leave the company or threaten to quit or anything like that as long as Punk isn't being a toxic individual in WWE, right? And I just don't see that... I don't see what happened in AEW happening in WWE. It's just, to me, that's impossible, bro. It's impossible. That doesn't mean you have to be best friends with everyone. I'm not saying that there won't be fights. I think you I think you remember this, uh, Ryan. Last year, after the War Games match, there was a little issue between Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns where I think yeah. someone someone got stiffed, and whether yep. it was an accident or by mistake or whatever, there, there were some issues there. But, you know, they, they had a discussion. There probably was an argument. But then after that, it was business as usual, right? I see that happening here. Listen, we've got to be best friends with each other. But if you're willing to work, let's fucking work. Yeah, no, I mean, it's very well said. I mean, listen, this, they had to know, right? So obviously, you know, the report comes out. Initially, you know, you don't know if these guys uh, were made aware of, of Punk coming out. But then obviously SRS's report coming out later on saying that, you know, everybody was made aware. And I think, you know, it's the right call by Triple H. You know, you don't want to lose these guys trust right you know like you want to inform them at least you know like give them a heads up that this is going to be happening instead of you know just catching them blindly by surprise right we all know seth rollins has issues with punk and he's made that public before um you know obviously the the famous interview that he when he has the cowboy hat on he's calling him a cancer and, and guess who away. guess who was doing that interview ryan oh yeah dick houseman ah yeah yeah fucking moron <laughs> But uh, and then there's there was another one that I didn't see until today, um, and it's on Twitter. I think it's like in the gorilla position or something like that on Twitter, and um, it's I guess it happened in the UK, and it must have been an interview after, sometime after, you know, his interview where he called uh, him a cancer, and he says, you know, Seth Rollins says straight up, he's like, listen, I said a lot of things about Punk, I meant every word of it, 
He's like, but I'd be lying if I if I said that he didn't help me and Roman and Dean get our footing in the beginning of our careers. And he was a he was he really helped us like uh, you know get involved right like with the Shield. And he was he he was handpicking all those guys right. I mean, Punk told the story too how he wanted Seth and Dean, and he also he wanted Cassius Ono, Chris Hero instead of Roman Reigns. But he told the story numerous times and. Punk, I mean, Rollins gave credit to Punk for, you know, helping him in the beginning of his career. And he also said in that same interview that, you know, he would love to work with Punk one day, uh, you know, if if it works out. So I think Seth Rollins knows that there is money to be made here. And I know this happened off air and stuff, but he knew if he caused the scene like he did, that everybody was going to whip out their phones and start posting it all over social media. And it was just going to get the buzz. And I really, truly think that. Punk Rollins is what you do at WrestleMania. I mean, I, I, I just think, you know, you, you don't hold off on that. I feel like that's the match you need to do for the World Heavyweight title. Um, I guess, like you said, it doesn't need the title necessarily because there is a story there. But I just think with the title, the stakes are higher. And then also, too, both guys could possibly main event night one in that case if it was for the title. So I think this is leading up to WrestleMania next year between these two guys. And I think it's a work after watching it several times. I think Seth is just doing just such a good job of making it look so legit. And uh, I also popped, I saw somebody on Twitter say that, uh, you know, if this was real, there's no way he's getting be held back by Michael Cole of all people. <laughs> <laughs> also, hold on, wait. Since you mentioned Michael Cole, I have to mention this. During the spot with um, with the multiple DDTs, when they're all doing the DDTs from the apron, yeah. or whatever, Michael Cole just yells out, Vintage War Games. That was such an unnecessary call from Michael <laughs> yeah. Cole. Vintage War Games? Really, Michael? Come on, man. Listen, I love you. I love you, Michael Cole. But that was such an unnecessary Vince-like thing to say. Yeah, yeah. That... <laughs> oh, man. Gotta love Michael Cole. Man. Gotta love him. He is the GOAT. Oh, uh, dude. Sure. I, I love Michael definitely... Cole. Don't get me wrong. But, man, that was just such a funny spot. But, yes, Michael Cole... Is holding them back. It just but, it, it, but... it looks it looks ridiculous, right? Like if this is real, there's no way uh, Seth Rollins is throwing this much of a temper tantrum because of a guy who appeared on the show but that you know... he doesn't like. So okay, so let me paint this picture for you too, though. Maybe he legit felt this way, but maybe he's also kind of working us in the sense like, yeah, I don't like this motherfucker, and I'm gonna make it known. But I'm also doing this because I know if 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 there's anyone that needs to have a program with him, it should be me. Yes, you know yes, what I'm saying. Exactly. I I'm not like I don't think how he was acting and what he was saying was fake. I think he truly feels that way. But I also feel like Seth Rollins is smart enough to know, like, listen, I don't like this motherfucker, but I'm gonna make sure I'm. On the that top of the list to be in a program with this dude. Yes, he played it up. Yes, he played it up because he knows that there is money to be made here, I, and and he probably wants to be the first, you know, the first uh, story for CM Punk upon his comeback. I mean, why wouldn't you? I, I, everybody should be chomping at the bit. This guy's a money making machine. So you want every, again, So pretty much everybody that has heat with CM Punk should just try to pitch themselves to have a feud with them. You know, Rollins. Yeah. AJ, Drew McIntyre, who else got heat with them? Kevin Owens, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Roman Reigns, fuck it, just line them all up. Anybody that yeah. has legit heat with the CM Punk, let's just book them <laughs> in a match with them. Yeah, there's a lot of people. It's going to be one long line, that's for sure. <laughs> but I, 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 well, going to the Drew thing, Dan, you know, shifting gears into the Drew McIntyre thing, my opinion on it is I think this was 
a work, you know, okay. him leaving, storming out, right? I mean, I, you know, regardless of the video with the cameraman, you know, waving him to, to go, it just looked like a work. And I feel like maybe it's just, you know, continuing the story of Drew McIntyre, you know, just he's just had it. He's breached his breaking point and, uh, you know, just can't catch a break. The stuff backstage, I'm thinking maybe, you know, again, like we said, he they the two sides are having trouble coming to an agreement, right? And it's probably down to money, if I would have to assume, which is ridiculous to say because, like, I mean, how could WWE not pay this guy, right? I mean, obviously have the money. Maybe it's something along the lines of, like, well, they can't even pay me for a new deal, but they're bringing in this guy who they're probably paying a shit ton of money, and it's just like they I really, don't give I, a I fuck really about thought me. you were going to try to do an accent, bro. I thought you were going to try to do an accent there. You almost had me. I thought about it. I thought about it, but uh, I don't know. This company really, can't, really can't give me the money. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I didn't even want to try. Uh, I thought I really thought you were going to try to do it. It sounded like I, I was. Yeah, I was on the verge of it. Very, <laughs> very, very close. But um, but yeah, I mean, listen, Drew McIntyre to have this issue with Punk too. I mean, again, these if this is all real and they're all throwing temper tantrums because Punk's back, this is AEW all over again. I mean, how childish is that, right? Like, how could one guy trigger so many people? <laughs> like, like, let's be honest. What what heat does CM Punk have with Drew McIntyre? Right? Like, I mean, come on. It just like it just seems so foolish. So I think to some degree these are both works. And um, like you said though, with the Seth Rollins thing, there's definitely some issue there. We know there's bad blood. We know how he truly does feel, but he definitely played it up uh, to the point where it's you know it, it just looked so legit. And kudos to him because he's a fantastic worker. And uh, and this is the shit I like, man. This is if you're gonna put it, these guys in a story, this is the shit you want to see. You want to make it as real as possible and you want to get us talking is it a work is it a shoot Shoot. and i love that shit man that's one thing i love about pro wrestling is when you can't figure out if something's fake or not that's the best well um one last thing on cm punk i guess and then we'll just touch on a couple other things so it's it's rumored and i think some some of the dirt sheets has have reported this that cm punk is booked for monday night raw my guess is either he opens up the show or he closes the show one or the other what do you think this man says do we see, besides him, you know, just having a microphone and, you know, with CM Punk with a microphone, you just never know what he's going to say. But do you see the beginning of an angle starting or do you think he just addresses the crowd and that's that's all we get? Yeah, you know, that's a really good question. Um, well, and do, and do you think off... he's going to take some jabs? At, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, he's going to kick off the show, I think. I just feel like, you know, waiting, having, making people wait all night, uh, I don't really think – I don't really think I think that's smart to do, right? I mean, I mean, for grab, a ratings grab, it is pretty good, though. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, it could be in the middle of the show too. Who knows? Um, you know, halftime of Monday Night Football, or whatever. They usually like to do that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I do think it's gonna be sort sort of in the beginning of the show. Um, who, who knows? Maybe we see him twice. Maybe you see we see him later on in the main event doing something. I don't know. But I think you know the opening promo to address the crowd. I think it needs to happen early on. Man, what he's going to say, yeah, that's that's the million-dollar question, right? I mean, I, I said the same thing <laughs> yeah. when Cody Rhodes came back, right? Cody comes back, he opens up Raw. What the hell is this guy going to say? Um, I don't know, man. I just I, – I do think he may take a shot or two. Um, a shot at or two. Okay. Yeah, I think he may. Um, and then, yeah, I, I feel like, again, I just think we don't know if he's going to be a part-timer or a, or a full-time guy. That's the thing. So, like, if he's – going to be full-time like obviously jump right into an angle but if he's going to be i mean i can't imagine he comes he comes back and then goes away now until the rumble but um yeah i, I definitely think why why the hell not well let's start an angle right off the bat because what if, again what if he opens up like he opens up the show whatever and like you say he makes a run in in the main event and then next thing you know you see like the lower third and he goes like 
oh, this just signed for next week, a tag match, CM Punk and so-and-so versus Judgment Day or something like that. Yeah, oh, my God, yeah. I'd <laughs> pop. And the Judgment Day tag match is continuing. Now we insert CM Punk into the mix. Nah, why every not? Who cares, week. man? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, no, I'm really curious to see what he's going to say. I really don't know. I mean, he may say something along the lines of, like, what Triple H said, where it's like, listen, it's been a while. The company's changed. I've changed. Uh, let's go. Let's have a great last let's run. Let's fucking go. Let's fucking yeah. go. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, man. Well, listen, overall, I know some of us, we have our opinions about the whole CM Punk topic. And, you know, WWE's white hot right now. And we have concerns. Like, we don't want CM Punk to ruin this. Like I said, and I'll say it again, I'm one optimistic individual when it comes to all this. And I think CM Punk is not going to be doing the same shit that he did in AEW. All right, Ryan. Let's talk about one of our favorite things after these pay-per-views, and that's these press scrums. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Well, listen, Triple H, for, for once, I think Nick Hausman was happy because he was allowed to talk about CM Punk, okay? He yeah, was actually happy. You know, he's a fucking came fool. Through. He finally got perked up and was like, oh, my God, I get to talk about CM Punk now, and people can't get mad at me. You had your usual Joe Schmoes at these press scrums, and, you know, you have some people that are journalists, you have some people that are that work for Medium, uh, writers, etc., and then you have podcasters, and there was at one point of this scrum, the reunited, Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair. Uh, are you familiar with this individual named Sir Wilkins, Ryan? Never heard of him. <laughs> okay. So he's a podcaster. I know he's done some a couple things in in like indie shows and stuff. I think he's done some stuff with like House of Glory. I, do I know him? Yes, but I want to call him a friend. You know, he he's been cool with me. Hey, what's up? That's it. You know, I don't know much about him. I know he's a podcaster. I can't say I can't call him a friend or anything like that. This guy, man, you want to talk about like botching a moment, bro? This guy, he played himself in front of everyone, man, and. I don't know if he just got starstruck. I don't know if he was just fumbling and tumbling his words. But, man, I, I don't know how you a even asked this question. Or maybe he just didn't have a question to ask. But this guy, young Sir Wilkins, had a rough night last night. This guy had the nerve to pretty much call Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch old. And they're, like, at the tail end of their... In front of everyone. Yeah, he really uh, he dug himself not one but two holes during this... Uh... During this entire thing, I mean, I got, and I'm glad that Becky and Charlotte called him out on this because, yeah, listen, you know, between this guy, Nick Hausman, and the Steve freaking Fall. Taylor Swift dude, Steve yeah, Fall. I mean, where did they find these geeks, man? Like, I mean, I don't understand how these people get let into them. I mean, dude, I think, I honestly think me and you, Mario, from doing this podcast, we can be credentialed and be backstage at some of these live scrums because they seem to let anybody in these days. The problem is, and this goes to a deeper issue when it comes to these press scrums, right? Like, yeah, whatever. Sir Walker's made a fool out of himself, whatever. And But this goes back to a deeper issue when it comes to these press scrums, how they just let anybody in there, right? And then you have these people that work in media, that work in radio, that work for like a Sports Illustrated or are writers or are journalists that do this for a living, that sometimes they can't get an opportunity to ask a proper question, and then you have this room full of just wrestling fans. What is WWE and AEW doing, man? They need to do a better job just because someone has a podcast. They can't, They just can't just let any Joe Schmo in these fucking scrums, man. And and I'm sure some people might take this and be like, oh, you sound like a hater. Let's say ain't nobody hating, bro. At the end of the day, if I really wanted to, actually, you know what? We'll say we. If 
you and I really wanted to, I'm sure we could try to apply for this shit and be at some of these press scrums. The reason I chose not to do these is because after the show, I want to either get the fuck out of the arena or fucking do something else. I don't want to stick around and be in a room full of people that I don't even like. That's another funny thing, too, about the the world that we're in. And I say world that we're in because I feel like me specifically, I'm like one foot in, one foot out. Listen, I do this podcast because I just love wrestling, right? We do this podcast because we love wrestling. But at the end of the day, this is not my bread and butter. I have a full-time job. I'm a blue-collar worker, all right? Like, I do this as a out of passion, and I appreciate all the likes that we get and the listeners we get. And if someone comes up to me at a wrestling show or whatever and be like, oh, my Lucha Outsider show, I enjoy the show, I love your takes, cool. If you hate me, that's I'm fine with that, too. Like, I don't do this for popularity or... Or for clout, or to be like, oh, l- l- listen, listen to who I talk to. Like, there's there's a bunch of stories I could tell you, and I've told you this, Ryan, privately, that I don't share on this show because it's nobody's business, right? I've been very fortunate to meet some really cool people in this wrestling industry, both in the wrestling industry and then just some cool people that are part of it, whether they're wrestling fans or fellow content creators, podcasters, etc. Before you even became part of the show, we were cool with each other prior to any of this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, I've been very fortunate enough to network with some cool people and build some form of relationships with wrestlers and people that are in the business, right? Like, oh, Mary, what's up? Blah, blah, blah. We'll talk, we'll talk it up. But I'm not going to share that information on here because I'm not a dirt sheet writer. I'm not here to report news and give you exclusives. That's not what the show is about. I'll throw an opinion on there. We laugh it up. We could disagree, debate on some certain things. Um, We'll break down shows like what we're doing now. But this is not that type of show. The reason why we haven't had interviews on this show is because I just don't have the time for it. And some of these towns can only do interviews on weekdays. Listen, I work all day. And then when I'm not working, I still got to do my adulting and I still got to figure shit out. I, as much as I, in the beginning, when I first started this, when we, when Leo and I first started Lucha Outsider show, I, I had, I had painted this picture. Like I wanted to do this and I wanted to do that. Right. Like I wanted to do so many different things, but as the growth of the show happened, it's like, there's only so much I could do, man. And listen, sometimes we're lucky that we could put on a show every week. I just can't do it. Um, my hands are tied with personal things. And then also, working and you have a full-time job too and then also on top of that and not to go too personal but my life has changed drastically in the last three years where there's just certain things that i used to do that i can't do anymore so me being stuck in a fucking room with a whole bunch of people that are fake with each other because they think they're somebody because they're a press scrum i'm sorry i just don't have the time for that and i'm i'd, I'd rather just fucking go home I don't need to stick around an arena to be in a press scrum where I'm not even sure if my question is going to be even answered or if I'm even going to get a chance because I have another schmuck that's either sitting next to me or in front of me that's going to ask a dumbass question and make a fool out of themselves. So I, I just can't do it. I just can't do it. So like I said, I'm just calling it how I see it. And whoever gets offended with it gets offended with it. At the end of the day, listen, I'm in my own little world. Just having this show and having this platform and I'll throw an opinion and whoever likes it likes and whoever does, whoever doesn't doesn't. I really could care less. I'm not here to become famous or, you know, do this for a living, right? Would I love to do this for a living and get paid for it? 1,000%. But at the same time, I just don't see that happening. Just how my life is set up. Yeah. I mean, listen, I mean, well said. <laughs> I mean, I'm, 
I mean, this is why it, this works between the two of us is because I am in the same exact boat as you. Listen, I went through the uh, that time back in the day, right, where I was trying to do some wrestling podcasts, trying to get some interviews, trying to make it big, trying to do this, right? This was the dream. You know, it, at the end of the day, it's like, you know, if you if you can make it in this industry and you can do that, great. Listen, shout out to Iridian. 1,000%. I, I, I wanted to shout her out because I know that she was also a part of the media scrum. And she's one not, of the great ones that are doing it right now. Yeah, and deserves the spot that she's in. And I don't know if she got to ask a question. I didn't watch the, the scrum or anything, but she was there. And she's grinded, and she's doing all these crazy interviews with WGN and uh, interviewing all these AEW people and stuff like that. Like, she's absolutely killing it. And again, it, it's, it's a hard thing to do. So that's why I give her a ton of credit. I want to shout her out. But yeah, I mean, you, me and you, we're just doing this for fun just because we enjoy wrestling, this and that. It's like a, it's like a side hustle thing that we – not even a hustle because we're not making money off this. We're just doing this. We don't, like we don't have hustle. no financial backer. We have no, no – we, we had sponsorship when we first – like year one, year two, we had uh, sponsorship with um, Collar and Elbow. But like that, that was it. Like, and then also, like I said, it's like you got to grind for this shit. And listen, for the people that do that – I applaud you. But yeah, right. Life, we're not uh, shitting on we're anybody. Not shitting we on, are on that. But uh, at the same time, it's like I look at these press comes and I see the people that are there, right? The people that are working in media, that working in radio, that work for a platform that does journalism, right? They're getting replaced by wrestling fans and not people that actually do this for a living. And I see that as a fucking problem. Yeah, no, a hundred a hundred percent. A hundred percent. They they seem like they're they seem like they're no different than us, right? They just do a podcast, but somehow they get into these things and they just don't know how to handle themselves. They don't come with good questions. They don't know what to say. They, like you said, they got tripped up. It's almost like this guy like saw two beautiful women in front of him and he just like froze up like a like a little and, high and then decided to offend them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Not only and am then, I going to uh, be nervous, but I'm also going to offend you. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, complete, complete cringe uh, on all fronts, and again, yourself. this is, I guess, the type of people that they're always going to be letting into these things, it's just, uh, it's like you have one goof, or like, like the, what is his name, the Steve guy with the Taylor Swift question oh, or whatever, dude. it's like, it's like, he's not enough, and then you got some other goon, and again, you've heard of this guy, I've never heard of this guy before, and I'm just like, where the hell did he come from now, I've never seen him in any of these scrums before. It's just like there's one goof after the other, and it's just like I think we need more Iridians in there and less, uh, you know, idiots like this because, uh, yeah, it's brutal. Both AEW and WWE need to do a better job. I don't know what they got to do by that, but it's like they got a PR team, right? They got a team that they send out these feelers or whatever it is that you have to get your, for the credentials to go to these scrums, right? Do your research on these people. Man, like, they just can't let any Joe Schmo in these places, man, especially if you don't have a fucking question to ask. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. It's complete cringe. And, uh, yeah, it makes me grateful for the fact that, like, we just do what we do here, um, you know, every week or, you know, every other week, whatever. We try to just pump out an episode, and we have fun. We just have some fun banter, some fun conversations. And that's really it. You know, I mean, this all this other stuff just seems like it's too much. And again, if you're going to be doing that, again, to, to, to act like a fool, like all these guys do, it's just like, Jesus, man, like, I, I, it's just ridiculous. All right. So we spent about a good hour and some change talking about WWE. OK, and for the most part, a lot of positive stuff. Like I told you in the, in the I think I don't know if I mentioned this in the beginning of the show, but I, I did tell you privately when we were having a conversation. It, it, it's been it's been a quiet couple of days for A-Dub. All right? It's been very quiet, even though Full Gear last week was a really, really good show. I don't want to break down the whole card. 
but I do want to touch on a couple things real quick before we wrap up. Overall, I thought the full gear pay-per-view, I enjoyed the whole show. Even though I watched it, I didn't watch it live. I I was out on Saturday, and then I ended up watching it on Sunday. I thought the Swerve and Hangman match was fantastic. I added that match to my list of matches that I want to talk about at the end of the year. I still don't know when we're going to do the Luchis. I'll, I will touch base with Leo this week to figure out a date for that. I'm thinking somewhere in December at some point. Don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll touch base on when the Luchis is going to happen. But I do want to talk about the Sword Strickland and Hangman match. This match was brutal, insane. I think this match was everything it needed to be. I was wrong because I thought Hangman was really going to pick up his win. But Swerve ended up picking up the win. Now he's 2-0 and with Hangman. And I'm not hating it, man. I, I, I don't think Hangman looked bad with defeat because he still put enough damage to uh, Shane Strickland, you know? And it made sense for them to take it to this level of extreme, right? Because, you know, Shane invaded Hangman's house. And then from what we saw on TV, kind of had a moment with Hangman's baby. You get what I'm saying? So it, it, they took it to that level where it needed to be this violent and it needed to be this bloody. And then also people are like, damn, did it need to be that violent? Like, should Swerve be doing shit like this? Um, Listen, if you guys do your research, Swerve Strickland is no stranger when it comes to death matches, all right? He used to do death matches back in his CCW days. And he also did a death match in Lucha Underground as Kill Shot. So he's no stranger when it comes to these type of matches. And, you know, praise to both guys and... Shane Strickland, he's there, man. And we're going to talk about some of the MJF stuff. But listen, in 2024, man, I don't know how Shane Strickland does not win a title, man. In a perfect world, he wins the world title. But if not that, he either needs to win this new Triple Crown or maybe the international title because he needs to be a champion in, in 2024. Yeah, I think uh, I think he wins this Continental Classic thing uh, just because I don't see him winning the world title anytime soon. Um, I could be wrong about that, but I do agree he needs something after just picking up an unbelievably massive win again against Hangman Page in just one of the most brutal matches I think I've ever seen in my entire life. I mean, the, the spots in that match were just absolutely insane, from Hangman drinking his blood to the freaking uh, swerve putting glass on this man's back and doing a 450 like off the top rope onto him. Uh, the cinder block, the spot, staples, Ugh. the staples, Ugh. the end of the match where he's hanging them. I mean, this was brutal on all fronts. I mean, kudos to both guys, of course. But Swerve looks like a massive star, and, and I agree, he needs something. And I they feel like giving him the, the win in the first ever Continental Classic, giving him this title, uh, well, I guess three titles he's going to win, will, you know, keep him at sort of the top for right now because I, I just, I don't know, I don't see how he wins the world title. Again, I could be wrong, but. I don't see how he wins that um, anytime soon, at least. Um, but yeah, I mean, I like full gear overall. I thought it was a good show. I don't know if I'd say it was one of like AEW's best pay per views I've ever seen them put on. But I mean, this this match obviously stood out. A couple of other things too. I will say this oh, Continental Classic thing. Oh, yeah. oh, here we go. Here we go. Listen, this, I, I I get what they're trying to do with the Continental Classic, right? Mini G One. It's cool. It's going to provide some great matches. But I think that AEW right now, and it's like you said before, it's quiet for a few days. And I think oh, it's yeah. quiet throughout the rest of the year because there AEW hasn't really been hot in a while. Oh, I mean, that's just cool, my opinion, but also, too, I mean, you're seeing ticket sales and the arenas that are half empty and all this stuff. I think AEW did not need a tournament like this 
that's going to produce more great matches that we see weekly anyways on AEW. I think what AEW needs is more hot angles, more hot stories, more things for people to sink their teeth into. The way you're going to grab a casual viewer or a WWE fan is by hot angles, uh, good storylines. The devil storyline right now, I'm digging you that. Got the, the whole got the MJF devil storyline. You also got you got the the Ruby Soho and Cool Hand. And oh, yeah, you got that story too. I you said good. Sto- I said hot storylines and hot angles. I mean, and and oh, like nobody cares about that stuff, right? Like nobody cares. I don't know. I just don't think Tony. You know, Tony Khan's over here booking a freaking round robin G1 tournament, and you know WWE's getting Randy Orton back, CM Punk. Uh, they're doing, you know, they get the, you get hot angles everywhere. I mean, I just, I don't know. I, it's, it's crazy. If you ask me what I'd rather watch now, like now, well, you know, past couple of weeks, past few months, I would even go as far as to say WWE or AEW, man. <laughs> I don't know, man. I may pick WWE just because it's that red hot right now. And I don't see how AEW gets that hot anytime soon. <laughs> listen, you're not wrong. <laughs> you're not, listen, you're not wrong. Listen, I love AEW. I always no, will, listen, but I right love now, AEW too. But right now, uh, okay. So when when it comes to this tournament, I I, I do like the bracket. I, I like the, the the people they they named. I, I listen. I could have done without Daniel Garcia. I think we could have put someone else in there. I don't need to see stupid dance. As, as much as I like my guy Jay Lethal, right? But I think the Jeff Jarrett pairing has hurt my guy Jay. So. I don't think I I feel like he could have been not involved in the tournament too. I think you could have had Miro in there and someone maybe Malachi Black. But um overall I, I do like the bracket. Okay. With that being said, and I do agree we need more hot angles, right? And I think the the, the you know, besides the MJF stuff and then, you know, obviously the great stuff that Tony Storm is doing and also this new tone and vibe that we're getting with the young bucks now and there's some rumors there especially with being the elite completely done you know i don't know if it's hiatus or permanently but apparently they're gonna take a couple weeks off and then when they come back they're gonna be full-fledged heels and possibly a new stable like there's so much shit happening there so there is a couple pieces here and there but we need more storytelling and i think that's been the biggest issue with AEW, right they, they just don't tell the right stories i really want to get your your thoughts on um you know tony khan loves titles and I told you when this tournament was announced, Ryan, we're not going to get a trophy. We're going to get a title. But in this case, right, we're not only going to get this. They, I guess the original idea was we're going to get an AEW Continental Championship, which, I mean, hey, how does that make even any sense? We got the world title here. We got the international title here, which I started to think that was like a world title of Jace at some point, right? Now we're getting another title, which feels like a world title of Jace. But now we're going to combine the New Japan Strong title, which is for the New Japan Strong brand, and then the Ring of Honor World title that nobody gives a fuck about anymore, right? We're going to just throw that in there, and now we're going to make a Triple Crown. I don't know if it's going to be called the AW Continental Championship. I don't know if it's going to be just called the Triple Crown Championship. We're going to see logos of Ring of Honor and AEW and New Japan on this title. But when I when when a tournament like this... And then the prize is the AEW Triple Crown Championship, right? Because I, I feel stupid calling it, calling it the Continental Championship. I think it should be called the Triple Crown, all right? If we're going to combine all these titles together. And I don't want to see a wrestler hold all three titles. No, no, no. Give me one title and get rid of all the all of them. I just want one title with all the different brand logos on there. But my biggest question is, if we're doing this with this tournament, 
And the prize is the AEW Triple Crown that's going to be representing these three different promotions, right? What does this title make? What's the difference between this title and the AEW World title? So is this like 1A, 1B? Because it sounds to me, and maybe you feel differently, Ryan, this title sounds like a world title of Jace. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. They're... So I'm a little confused, though, because it's just not clear. When Tony Khan says this is going to be for the Triple Crown, are they actually going to combine all three belts into one? Like, is there going to be one belt? Because from my understanding, as the way I take it, is this win- the winner is going to win all three belts. Oh, because God. I just don't see, I guess especially because New Japan Strong is in there, and unless New Japan's in on this, you're taking away a title from the New Japan Strong? Now, listen, granted, I mean, nobody probably watches that anyways. I don't really understand. I don't also, know New Japan has a lot of titles, to be honest. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. I don't even. But they just introduced this one, like, not too long ago. They introduced oh. that title, if I'm not mistaken, during the pandemic. Okay. I mean, still fairly recent. It's yeah. only a couple of years old. Yeah. But, like, and then the Ring of Honor world title. Now, granted, Ring of Honor has become basically developmental for AEW, right? I mean, it's you like basically what, you know what, developmental. Not for brand. nothing, I, th- I think you might even stretch it with developmental. Yeah. All right. I think you might I be pushing am. it with that. Yeah, yeah. I probably am. But point being is, like, I guess you can get away with not having a Ring of Honor world title, but that would be weird because as long as Ring of Honor's been around, they've always had the world title. So it's kind of like. T- that title design's hideous, though. Get rid of it. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, of course. It's, I, and, I, and hey, listen, if we don't have to see it on AEW anymore, that's fine with me. I'm get rid of it right now. But I just don't see how an AEW Continental Championship is going to represent Ring of Honor and New Japan Strong and AEW. I, I, I don't understand that. Like, you're taking away two belts from two different promotions and combining it into one AEW belt. So how does that – how like, – like, I just don't understand how it's going to work. Like, I just don't get it. That just makes no sense to me. So well, it's very well, Okay, unclear. so – and listen, I'm not – I'm not educated on All Japan well, right? But with All Japan, their main title is the Triple Crown title. And from my understanding, the reason that title got created is because it was something like this, where three championships from three different organizations or brands or whatever got combined to one, okay? And and I feel like roughly that's what the story is. That for the people that are listening that are that are subscribed to All Japan and their history... Please educate me on this. Send me a DM at Lucha Outsiders, okay? But from my understanding, that's what the Triple Crown was for All Japan. So now they're taking that and they're doing it with AEW. That's why, to me, if we're going to combine these, this brand new title that it's, was going to be introduced, you got the New Japan Strong title, and then you got the Ring of Honor World title, and we're going to combine all three, that's fine. But I think it should be one title, and we're not going to call it the AEW Continental Championship because it's like we have an intercontinental championship in WWE. What the hell is a continental championship? You know what I'm saying? I don't need a continental championship. Give me an AEW Triple Crown Championship. That should be the title of this brand new title because now you're representing three different brands. Does that make sense? And, and like calling it the AEW Triple Crown? Yes. Or, or it should be called crown? the Triple Crown, and you should have the logo of the three different promotions on the title. Yeah. You have New Japan, you have AEW, and then you have Ring of Honor because it's getting defended and it represents these three brands. Yes, that makes sense. And that, that, you know, I mean, 
I, then I wouldn't complain as much about seeing it on AEW TV, obviously, because it's a part of AEW as well. Mm-hmm. When it's just when we're seeing the Ring of Honor, a specific Ring of Honor world title being defended on there, it drives me nuts. Now, don't get me um, wrong. When there's a Ring of Honor show and then there's a pay-per-view, I don't know who watches these shows, but that's not here or there. But when 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 their champion is on Ring of Honor, obviously, that's the main prize to get. You know what I'm saying? You have all the other Ring of Honor titles, which is like a billion of them. But then you also, the grand prize in Ring of Honor it's this triple crown championship. Yes, that that makes perfect sense. And if they do that, then then I understand that. Then a hundred percent. You know, they it's weird that they. I don't know if you watched the selection show or whatever, or even like Dynamite. They have the belt, the new Continental Classic there's, belt. Yeah, there's covered. three belts. So they're not they're not like revealing the new one yet. What the new one looks well, like. What I'm, I, well, what I'm hoping is when they finally make, so they have these three representing for all these matches, right? So what I'm hoping for is whoever wins this at in Long Island, right? We'll be there, obviously, okay? And and, and I'll get into something I posted earlier this week about this tournament and what I might possibly do if some if things don't go my way in Long Island, but <laughs> that's not here or there. <laughs> but my hope is that whoever wins this tournament at World's End, they get gifted all these championships with the official like they'll they'll take the picture like with all these titles and then going forward they just have that one title which is the the new triple crown championship I, I, to me the triple crown championship just the name alone sounds better than aw continental championship because it's like yeah to me i feel like okay then what's the continental championship different than the world title how is that different from the the international championship and then you know for the people that you know, our WWE lifers, it's like, okay, we have an Intercontinental Championship. What the hell is the Continental Championship? You get what I'm saying? Like, it just throws oh, so yeah. many different questions. That, like, the Continental Classic name, that's fine. I'm cool with the name, calling this G1S-type gimmick the Continental Classic. That's totally fine. But the Continental Championship just sounds so... It sounds so less. You get what I'm saying? Like, if we're going to make yeah. this a big deal, and we're combining all these titles, then just call the AEW Triple Crown. You, the AEW factor is representing this tournament, the Continental Classic. The Ring of Honor World Title bleeds into this new title. The New Japan Strong Openweight Championship bleeds into this new title, creating the Triple Crown. Yep. Yeah. No. I mean, I, I dude, I agree a hundred percent. I, I, I don't. This is why. Like, it's just so. Like, this is the last thing AEW needed was to introduce another championship to the mix. And it's funny. You go back to like the beginning of AEW, right? And like Tony Khan, I think himself was like. Oh, we don't want to be too, you know, too much with with titles here. Oh like, we don't my want, god! Oh my, everything he said was basically out the window now, and he, and it's basically like AEW is run like a WWE, where it's like they have a million titles. Yeah. Uh, they just have a million guys on the roster, and it's just like. And, and I think the crazy part about it is, that I think if I'm not mistaken, I think AEW has more titles than WWE altogether, including NXT. Yeah, probably. Well, you know, when they when they have all these Ring of Honor belts also on TV being defended all the freaking time, it's like don't, don't forget the historic and right. Don't forget the historic FTW championship too. Oh yeah, right. Exactly. Yep. I know. They just have everybody walks out on a on AEW and they they holding some sort of title, whether it's the CMLL Triple Mexico Mexicano Championship, whatever it is. Like they have all these like freaking different belts: CMLL, New Japan, Ring of Honor. All these guys walking out, somebody always has a belt. And it's just like, I mean, you're, you're like, it just makes every, all the like other belts that are in AEW, like international, world title, like all these feel meaningless because everybody has a championship. It's and, just, uh, it's a mess. And the thing is, I remember after All Out, we were praising AEW on 
how they made the international title kind of like a world title of Jays. Like, they made it feel like a big deal at All Out, right? And now... And listen, I'm I'm totally fine with Orange Cassidy retaining. Like, and their match was fine with John Moxley at um Full Gear and stuff. Like, I'm totally fine with the the state of that title. But it's like now we're introducing another title, right? So now where's the um, I guess like where's the tiers of titles now, right? Because you can make an argument for either or when it comes to the new Triple Crown, right? It's either a tier underneath the world title or. Is it at par with the world title? Is it at par with the international title? Like, I don't even know anymore. Because to me, the international title was kind of like right underneath the world title, especially how it's been built the last year. Now I don't even know anymore. Like, there's just so many fucking titles and the Ring of Honor stuff. And <sighs> this is getting tiring, man. <laughs> I'm exhausted. <laughs> it's exhausting to talk about, really. It, it, it's, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Like I said, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen with this Continental Classic thing. Uh, we'll see what happens at the end of it with the, with these titles. But again, just another another championship being introduced to the mix is just the last thing I think this company needed. And I mean, you know, I'm sure the tournament will be great. It'll provide some great matches, of course. That's no shocker. We get this, you know, normally on AEW. Their their in ring is fantastic. Yep. Um, but you know, we'll see. All right. With that being said, I did a post earlier this week because when they announced the bracket, I saw my guy Jay White in this tournament. And we're going to touch on what happened at Full Gear, but clearly he did not win. He did not um, capture the AEW World Championship. MJF defeated um, Jay White with the little assist from Adam Cole, Bebe. All right. And then that was another thing, too. I, I do want to touch back on the Continental uh, Classic. I, I hated how we stretched the whole show out with MJF's hurt. Adam Cole's going to go in there with a broken ankle. I, I fucking hated that so fucking much, bro. It was such unnecessary bullshit. We didn't need that at all, man. If you wanted Adam Cole at ringside for his boy MJF, you could have done that during the match or you could have had Adam Cole come out with MJF. There's so many different ways you could have done this. Just the fact that Adam Cole said he's going to go in there to represent his boy MJF, I, I hated that. I don't know what, what was your thoughts about it, but I hated it. Oh, yeah. I, I, thought, I thought the entire thing was so unnecessary. Like, they just did not have to do the storyline like this. Um, it, it also made no sense, right? Like, you know, MJF gets hurt, he's out, and, uh, you know, can't compete, go in the hospital. But the guy on crutches, who just had surgery, he's going to defend the title. So he's standing in the ring, right, about to defend the world title for his best friend, who is driving an ambulance to the back, hobbling to the ring, oh, yeah. and you got a million medical uh, personnel members stopping him from going to the ring. But you have a guy in crutches standing in the middle of the ring getting ready to wrestle. Like, the whole entire thing made no sense, and it just felt very unnecessary to do. It felt very and, overbooked. Yeah, yeah, and and I know a lot of people were like, "Oh, this makes Jay White look terrible. You know, makes him look like a geek because he can't be the guy on one leg." The way they did the finish of the match, where MJF wins with the uh, you know the ring, yeah, and you know when the rest not looking, and then he also low blows Jay a couple minutes before that. Um, so I, I disagree with people in that sense. Like, I mean, obviously, no, I don't think that. I don't he think Jay White, Jay White clean. yeah. I don't think Jay White came out here looking bad or anything. But with that being said, Jay White's another guy where it's like you got to do something with him, man. Because the, the, the guy is just an incredible performer. And, and he has that it factor, right? Just like Shane Strickland. And I know a lot of people. And listen, if Shane Strickland, hypothetically speaking, was to win this tournament, would have no problem with it. I'll, I'll be happy for the guy because he truly deserves it. But my guy, my pick to win this tournament 
It's got to be my guy, Jay White, man. You got to give this guy something, man. And I can't think of a, any other better way because he never won a G1, right? Even though he did take the brief race from Kota Ibushi. But nonetheless, he never won a G1. Just give him the Continental Classic, all right? Let him be the fucking AEW Triple Crown. Give my, give my boy something. You go into 2024. He's a champ. My guy Juice Robinson will make his return. Then you could give the Guns and Juice the trios titles. They could all have titles. And then they could truly be Bullet Club Gold. Because if that does not happen, Ryan, and it's not for Strickland, because I'll be happy with that too. If it's not my guy Jay White winning this goddamn tournament, and he makes it to the fucking finals, all right? And as long as he's not fit. Well, him and, him and Shane are in the same bracket, so it would have to be someone else. But anyways, if my guy Jay White does not make it to this finals, or he makes it to the final and he loses in Long Island. I'm gonna start a riot. I'm going to start a riot in Long Island. Uh oh. I'm I'm gonna start Wait. a riot. I'm gonna lose my fucking mind. What? Why can't you give my boy the ball? So even if Swerve wins, you're gonna you're not gonna be happy with that. No, no, no. I, listen, if because they're in the same bracket, so if Swerve makes it to the final, Jay White's completely out. So I, I'm, oh, right, I'm still okay. gonna be upset, but I'm not gonna be you know upset going into the show. Even though I feel like my guy Jay White. Should be in it. Now, if he makes so, it to the final and he loses, then I'm losing my fucking mind. So who do you think? Who do you, like, realistically think, like, the finals is going to be? If it's not... Okay, on, on bracket gold, you know, because there's no A or B block, it's bracket gold. I think it's either going to be Jay White or Swerve. And then bracket... What's the other? Bracket blue? Bracket blue? Yeah, yep. <laughs> bracket blue. Know, right? Red, purple, who the <laughs> Oh, no, that's next year, bro. Because you know how... Remember... <laughs> New Japan added the C and D block, so that's coming next uh, year. That's yeah, coming next do... year. We're gonna get yeah. the white and black brackets next year, but no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But for, for bracket blue, I think it's probably either gonna be Brian or Eddie Kingston. Yep. Yeah, that's exactly what I was. So those are my because... four. Well, I think we could. I think we could stamp that right now for both gold and blue if we're in agreement. I think it's either gonna yep. be Jay and Swerve or Eddie and Brian. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so too, 100%. And the only reason I think it's gonna be, it could be Eddie uh, more so than Brian is because, well, one, I guess he could still do both, but you know, Brian has to get to Japan for uh, Wrestle Kingdom a couple days after, so they may give him that extra time to get to Japan, get settled, and everything. Uh, but I mean, you know, Brian's a madman, so I'm sure he could still wrestle at the show and fly to Japan and be fine. But another reason why I really think it's gonna be Eddie is because, listen, he's the one putting his belt on the line here. So, I mean, regardless, I think he he's got to make it his, to the final, his, right? <laughs> right, you got right. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think he's losing the belt, but what a weird way to lose it <laughs> if he's not even in the final, right? Like, if he's not in the finals here, he's losing his belt for nothing. Like, it, it's just like what a way thing. to lose the titles without like losing the titles. Yeah, right. And you know, it, it was supposed to be a special moment for him capturing the Ring of Honor World Title and everything, like. First, winning his first New Japan title, he's dreamed of as a kid. Like, oh, and he's gonna lose God. it this way. So, I mean, at least I think it's it's it would make more sense if he lost it in the final. So, um, and then on the other side, yeah, listen, I don't, you can't go wrong with Jay White or or Swerve Strickland. I yeah, mean, those really, are my two picks. This. I want my guy Jay to do it. But if yeah, if, if, if yeah. Swerve, I, I'm cool with that too. First of all, I've been a fan of Swerve going back to his MLW days. I thought back then that guy was a fucking star, and clearly things didn't work out with him in WWE, but. Listen, his AEW run has been fantastic since he showed up, you know, with the tax stuff he did with Keith Lee and then just everything else he's done. So I'm really happy with Swerve and the position he's in. And listen, if it's, if it's Jay or Swerve winning the whole thing, I'm totally fine with it. But like I said, if Jay White makes it to the final and he loses, I'm, I'm losing my fucking mind in Long Island. I'm going to lose my mind. 
Yeah, I mean, hey, it's uh, yeah. If he makes it all the way to finals and loses, I I could agree with you there. I, that would be a travesty. One of the biggest travesties in fucking AEW history. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. So more on MJF. So MJF and Adam Cole came out on this past week's Dynamite, and they had a little interesting back and forth, and the bromance continues, if you will. And there was an interesting spot that happened where the lights go out, and then we saw the devil just laughing. Okay. What's interesting about, and they, they, you know, some have looked at it like, oh, it's devil just popped up. That's a nothing burger. But what's interesting about that, if you go back and watch that clip, right before the lights went out, Adam Cole put his hand in his pocket. And people mm-hmm. are now speculating that he's the one that turned off the lights. Yeah. There's yeah, little, I saw that. There's little nuggets here that are being, they're either trying to swerve us and it leads to a bigger thing. Now, clearly, now we know CM Punk's not the devil. Okay, so yeah. we, we can rule that one exactly. out. Okay? We can rule that out now, right? But it still seems like Adam Cole is going to end up being the one to be revealed as a devil, right? Who's to say it could happen in World's End? I don't know. What's also interesting to point out about Adam Cole is, is if you saw the press scrum after Full Gear, um, MJF was an emotional mess, and it was a little bit too much for my liking, but that's not here or there. But what's interesting about that is you would think, right, and Tony Khan was sitting down in the press scrum, and MJF was sitting down in the press scrum, and Adam Cole got, you know, brought up there too. Adam Cole was standing. He wasn't sitting down. Now, for a guy that just had surgery and is on crutches and has a messed up ankle, don't you think he should have been given a chair too and be sitting down? Said the same thing, yep. Okay, don't you think he should be sitting down? Tony Khan, if you really care about your employees, don't you want to give the man a fucking chair? And you don't want to do that to Adam Cole? What's wrong with you? Not, not only was he standing during the whole like press come after he was he was standing throughout the whole entire match and the press scrum. That's what I mean. So yeah, like yeah, exactly. That's a hundred percent what I thought of too. I was like, this guy's hurt. I mean, for sure, he had surgery. Uh, you know, I'm his his ankles and whatever it is, it's messed up. But it's not to the extreme as they made it seem because again, this man is standing and hobbling to the ring I, I'm for so- uh, <laughs> over thirty minutes. I, I'm starting to think now, and. Call me a conspiracy theorist. I don't know. I'm starting to believe now that at Grand Slam, when he dove off, he did. He might have tweaked his ankle, maybe sprained it, but I don't think it was anything more than that. I think he did mess up his ankle, but you got a sprain, whatever, maybe a bad sprain. Who's to say, right? But I don't think it was that serious enough where he was going to be taken out of action a year without seeing Adam Cole or anything like that. And who's to say? Maybe he never even got surgery. All right. I was going to say, do you think he even had surgery? I'm starting to believe. I'm starting to believe that he didn't even have surgery. Okay. Yeah. I'm yeah. starting to believe that. So I think what ended up happening is they saw this and they were like, yo, this is an opportunity to not only stretch this out, but just add another layer to this fucking story. So they yeah. got everybody in one room. And I think we even talked about this. Who's to say? They don't get everybody in this room. They keep this tight lip, and whoever knows, knows, and that's it. I still think Adam Cole's going to be the devil. We'll talk about that as this story progresses. Because now Samoa Joe comes out, and apparently Joe and MJF had a deal. Joe, you know, helped out Max for that Ring of Honor tag title match, which I still think it's idiotic that they both still are Ring of Honor tag champs. But that's not here or there. Who gives a fuck about Ring of Honor? I'm just saying, you could give my boy the guns the titles to give them something to do. They could do something with the titles, but whatever. No big deal. So they made a deal where Samoa Joe wants a title shot, and now he's going to get it at World's End. I have mixed feelings about this, and it's not because I don't like Samoa Joe, because I, I think I said it last week or maybe the week before that. Or one of these last episodes, some of these last episodes that we we're talking about Samoa Joe. I think Samoa Joe is doing some of his best work in his career, and I think the stuff that Samoa Joe is, the run he's been on in AEW, has overshadowed 
his whole run in WWE. That's how good the stuff that Samoa Joe is doing right now. With that being said, as a fan, I feel a little bit indifferent that New York is going to get the same fucking match that they got at Grand Slam. It's a little bit underwhelming for me. Not saying that the match isn't going to be great. Not saying I'm not going to enjoy the match. Because I wasn't there at Grand Slam. You were, right? But I just feel like it's kind of cheap that we're getting the same exact match at the same fucking city. Like, could we get like uh, someone else in there and make it a three way? Can you? Can could could my guy Jay White just show up and say like, "Hey, I got cheated. Adam Coulson had been there." Blah 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 blah. I I still want my I want my match. Could could we have made it a three way? Could have we done something different? I just think another Samoa Joe and MJF match. Even though I'm sure the match is gonna be fine. It's a little bit cheap, man, because we got the same match a couple months ago in September in New York. Yeah, listen, to give the same market, which is most likely going to have the same fans, the same match, the same main event match, two times in the span of a couple months, I was underwhelmed too. Listen, I, I did enjoy the segment. I thought the segment was really well done. But, yeah, I mean, listen, we talked, what was it, last week, the week before, about potential multi-man match, maybe a ladder match. Well, they, no, now, I knew that wasn't happening the second they made the tag title match a full gear ladder match. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, who's who's to say, man? They they love their ladder match. Ah, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. Listen, I mean, there's still a chance, I guess, that you know they could turn this into a multi-man match. However, it's not going to include Jay White because you know he's he's with the Continental oh, yes. Classic stuff. So the only other guy I could see is Wardlow, Wardlow, and like I don't know. Mm. I mean, I guess Triple Threat would be fine, but it's still underwhelming in my opinion. It is. Um. I do think, though, that Samoa Joe's winning the title here because I just don't see how you beat Joe again. And especially now because he gave up the Ring of Honor TV title, there has to be a reason for that. And I think the devil is going to be the one costing MJF. I know a lot of people think or thought they were going to do the MJF CM Punk thing where he leaves with the title, you know, stuff. I think they're going to do it the reverse. I think they're going to he's going to lose the title and he's going to make everybody think that he didn't resign with the company, but then, you know, it comes out that he put pen to paper so he can get his revenge on Adam Cole and, you know, that's that's where we go and and Samoa Joe is the, is the AEW world champ. That's just how I see it playing out at this point if nothing changes. Um because yeah, let's I just, like I said, I don't know how you beat Joe again, you know? That I would love that. And like I said, I think the, the reveal should be at World's End, and it should be Adam Cole. At this point, yeah. who else could it be, bro? Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty, yeah. I mean, even without seeing that clip of him switching something or whatever, like, I, I mean, I know we had our fun a couple weeks ago on the show talking oh, about yeah. potential. Best up, case scenario know, would have been CM Punk. I'll even say Tony <laughs> Khan. <laughs> yeah, right. It's not going to be Jack Perry. It's not going to be any of these guys. It, it's it's The story is with Adam Cole and MJF. That's what it is. And now we have Adam Cole, too, convincing MJF to, to take the match with Joe. I mean, it's it just, it's all just part of the story, man. And, and hey, this is where I got to give uh, so much kudos to Tony Khan for coming up with this devil storyline thing right after Adam Cole got hurt. Mm-hmm. Because he, 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 I mean, to turn something unfortunate into a giant positive and a, and a huge storyline you're going to drag out for months, that's I mean, so well done. And that's, that's what you love about wrestling. 1,000%. Yeah, man, that's it. Covered everything we needed to cover. A lot of WWE talk. A lot of CM Punk talk. And we still got to squeeze in a little bit of AEW, bro. Yeah, listen, we hit everything. Uh, you know, we didn't do a show last week post-full gear because of, you know, circumstances and everything. But 
it was good to double up here. I mean, I know we didn't get full in-depth on full gear. Maybe we would have if CM Punk didn't decide to come back to WWE and, you know, <laughs> take, take over all the headlines. And that was the only thing we wanted to talk about. But, um, yeah, covered everything. It was, uh, it was a great episode. And listen, man, I'm so excited for Monday Night Raw tomorrow because I did just see on Twitter that WWE announced that CM Punk and Randy Orton will both be uh, in Nashville on Raw, so buckle up, man. I, I can't wait to see where this goes. stuff, bro. It's going to be very telling how things move in the next couple months, especially with CM Punk and the company. It's going to be very telling. And like I said, I'm optimistic. I don't see the same results that we got in AEW happening in WWE. All right? Bro? No, me neither. All right. All right, Ryan, give me your plugs in. All right, I Lucha Outsiders on Twitter. You know, <laughs> this would have been a perfect time for me to come back and start tweeting up a storm, right? But... Man, I just don't have the energy to tweet. I don't know. I just really don't. I mean, even on my personal account, I don't have the energy to really tweet that much. But follow it. If you haven't already at Lucha Outsiders, who knows? Maybe I will come back at some point. I say it every week, but uh, who knows? All right. You can follow me at RatedArsons87, but make sure you follow us at Lucha Outsiders everywhere. Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Twitter X. Your boy's back on Instagram, baby. Okay? I've been posting and posting up a storm. Um, reels, my opinions about stuff, um, less than seven posts within the last 24 hours. That's big. I haven't done that in months. Um, hopefully I can continue with this momentum because there's clearly a lot to talk about. Uh, I'm not going to tell you where you can find the podcast because you know where to find it. So for the old man, Leo, that's not here, and I'm not sure if he's going to be here next week. We still got to figure out the whole Lucci situation, but that's not here or there. For our Double Ryan Radar, I'm yours truly, Mr. Rated R. Till next time, keep it Rated R and stay too sweet. Goodbye. Mm, 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 mm. And good night, Ben.